Pottercast is pleased to be sponsored this week by Alavans.com. At Alavans.com, you'll find authentic, solid wood magic wands and broomsticks, as well as a full line of high-quality wizard wear. Keep listening in the show for an announcement during the next break to find out how to get a special Leaky Cauldron community discount at Alavans.com online store. Welcome to another... Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Earth? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hello, Potter Poppets. It's Pottercast number 25. I'm Melissa. I know you all think I'm going to run out of P-words, but it's not going to happen. I have a whole dictionary full of them, though I might call you poodles one week. I, I don't know. Anyway, podcast number 25, we have back with us, we're very happy to have back with us Chris Rankin, who plays Percy Weasley in the Harry Potter films. Now, there have been a lot of speculation, as fans know, about whether Chris, and importantly, the character of Percy, would be worked into the fifth film. Chris recently confirmed that he is in the film, and comes to tell us some interesting tidbits about the beginning of production. Not enough to get him fired, but plenty enough to keep you satisfied. We also have our first fan fiction interview. Kristen speaks to author Knight Zephyr in a really cool and fascinating bit, so tune into that. If you've been paying attention to the news lately, you'll notice that the previous download on our feed is our finally our live podcast video from all the way back in November. It's up. It's about 90 megabyte download. It started out at 250, but we got it down to 90. Part one is on um, part one is on the MuggleCast feed. Part two is on our feed. So make sure you get that if you haven't. Also, we have a little bit of an announcement. If you are planning on going to Lumos 2006, the Harry Potter convention, where we will be doing our next live podcast with the MuggleNet Boys, our next Leaky Mug live, you need to, to register. There, it, it, Everything's selling really fast. So if you think you want to go, you, you're hedging, you're not sure, make sure that you register soon. The website to do that at it is lumos2006.org. And look for an announcement really soon to make everything that's going to be going on there with the podcast official. You also have three more days, just three more days, to send us your song parodies, which will be played in next week's special Valentine's show. Make it lovey, but don't send us too many My Funny Valentines. Again, our number is 702-42-LEAKY. That's 702-42-LEAKY. If you're in the UK, our number is 207 193 2872. And we tend to get the best quality with these folks when you send it in a in a so, in an audio file to us in our email account. Our email account is staff at pottercast.com. That's staff at pottercast.com. But if you don't have a mic, calling and leaving us a message at those numbers is totally fine. We can't wait to hear what you're coming up with. We're getting some great feedback already. Alright, enough out of me. On with the show. Listening to the news again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Sue Upton here with a recap of some of the top news in the Harry Potter world this week. The release date for Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire DVD is less than 30 days away now, and clips from some of the extras to be included on the new disc have begun to surface online. Amazon.com now has two clips up for us to watch involving one with the making of the May scene showing Harry and Cedric as they make their way through the hedges. You can see behind-the-scenes glimpses on how they made and shot parts of this where the vines attack them and floor in the maze. It's very neat. 
And a second clip involves a new interview with actor Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson discussing the upcoming Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix film. Daniel notes that he is, of course, looking forward to when Harry kisses Joe, and both he and Emma discuss how they are anticipating the scenes involving Dumbledore's army. The Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire DVD will be released here in the U.S. on March 7th and is now available for pre-order via our shop, where all proceeds go to help support the Flu Network. Congratulations are in order for actor Sean Biggerstaff, who is better known to us as Gryffindor Quidditch Captain Oliver Wood from the first two Harry Potter films. Sean's new film, Cashback, was nominated for an Oscar award in the Best Live Action Short Film category. Sean had the lead in this 18-minute film, and we do wish him the best of luck. The Oscars will be presented on March 5th in Los Angeles, California. Speaking of films, we have some other quick pieces of news for you. As we told you last week, major casting has been announced for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix film. The production on that movie has now begun in England, and we now have some great photos of these newest cast members available for you on our website, including a very good one of young actress named Ivana Lynch, who will be portraying Luna Lovegood. Also, while this has yet to be officially confirmed by Warner Brothers, TLC has heard from several very good, reliable sources that Susie Schinner will be portraying a young Lily Evans in the pensive scene, where Harry sees what his mother and father were like back when they were at Hogwarts. You can click on Leaky News to see a photo of her and all the recent new additions to the cast on our website. Finally, actor Jason Isaacs has signed a special calendar for a charity auction currently underway on eBay, where the proceeds will benefit St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Jason, who so wonderfully portrays Lucius Malfoy in the movies, signed the cover, which is a photo of him in the role, with it reading, Have an Evil Year. <sighs> I'm not even going to go there. Ooh. So, okay, for the finest in Harry Potter news, you can find it all on the most advanced Potter website out there by clicking on leakynews.com. There sure is a fantastic show ahead with a very special guest, so let's get right to it and enjoy the program. Okay, welcome to... Pottercast number 25. I think this is our silver anniversary. I'm Melissa, and as usual, I'm here with... Sue! Hello! <laughs> and <laughs> love how Sue... your, favorite, your favorite John of the show. I love how Sue finds her name funny. <laughs> it's a perfectly <laughs> normal, nice name, but it's funny to you. <laughs> I don't know any other Sue's other than this. So. And we have a special guest hanging out with us for the news and the wrap-up. We're going to blend our extendable ears section into this to welcome and have some fun with Mr. Chris Rankin. Hello. Yay! Yay. Sue deafened me a minute ago when she said her name. (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) It's all right. So now Chris is going to be talking really loud. Yes. Take the time right now to just hit that volume down a couple times for Sue's sake. I know, sorry. (laughs) I promise not to squeeze in your ear this rest of the show. I promise. That's all right, Sue. I'll let you off. Okay. If you've been living under a rock, but still are a Harry Potter fan, you know that Chris Rankin, you don't know, and you will be know soon, that Chris Rankin plays Percy Weasley in all the Harry Potter movies so far. He wasn't yeah. in, Apart from the fourth one. Apart from the fourth. But you were, we'll just say you were there in spirit. Yeah. Nobody else played him, so. True. Right. Percy was just in limbo. It's not like we had like a Jonathan Taylor Thomas cameo and then you came back. <laughs> that would have been hilarious, Chris, but no, that would have stuck. Wacky casting continues on podcast. <laughs> um, no, but for those who don't know, there was a big question about whether Chris would be in movie five, whether the character of Percy would be in movie five because he wasn't in movie four. So all the fans were really just wondering hard about it. And we finally recently learned that he is indeed in the film, which means that Percy is in the Percy's film. Which back. Is a, yeah. 
It's a and big Percy's relief to a lot of fans. <laughs> Percy's not nice. So is that confirmation, Chris? Sorry, what? Is that confirmation? What? The about Percy's the not plot nice? line that will be? Well, you've read the books, haven't you? Of the Phoenix? We all know he wasn't nice. <laughs> <laughs> We've read the books. We haven't read the script. No, I know. <laughs> well, Percy's just generally not nice, really, isn't he? Basically, he's um, and he's getting worse by the sounds of it. But he's um, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, we all know what happens in this book, so. Uh, it's, and it's the hopes are that WB read the books too. Yeah, bless yes. uh, that's the hope. <laughs> or at least, or at least Michael Goldenberg did. Yeah, well, Michael Gold, I, I met him not that long ago, and he seems like quite a good chap. So. Oh, good. And well, Peter Pan was blooming amazing, really. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it can only be a good thing. Well, can you can you comment at all on the stylistic differences between a Clovis script and a Goldenberg script? Uh, I don't really, I don't really know. I, I guess, um, to be honest, I haven't really read it that much to um to kind of haven't studied them in depth and kind of noted the differences, but. Um, I mean, there is there is an obvious difference because they're different writers. But um, I, it's not like I can't tell you. I probably can't anyway. But I couldn't tell you really what the differences are. I don't know. Oh my! You mean that thing is not like your bathroom reading every no. time you you had that thing right behind no. you? No, John. I've, I, le- I've, I've learned the words. That word for word by now. <laughs> I've learned the words. Could... <laughs> Did that like <long. laughs> Did that weeks ago? Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> just so excited. I'm so excited about the scene, the ministry and everything. I mean, I know that you can't say too much, but I mean, are you positive about the way that this film is going to be yeah. overall? Yes. It's it's going to be a good oh. film, I think. Um, I mean, I've met, we went, I had the read through a couple of weeks, about a week, you, week and a half ago, something like that. Hang on um, a second. You did have the read through because there was a lot of question about this stupid read through. We first yeah. heard that there was a read through, then there wasn't a read through, then there was a read through with scaled down, with the scaled down number of people. Yeah, we had uh, a read through. So Dan wasn't around, didn't they? Uh, mm-hmm. Dan was there. <laughs> I think okay. he was anyway. I spoke to somebody who oh, looked a lot John, like Dan. Don't, don't. I, thought I, I thought we read that in the... In something. I, I must have read that on Muggle Nut or something. <laughs> oh, Dan? <laughs> that happens oh. from time to time. Oh. Okay, I'm going to try another shot. So what about Mr. Yates? Can you tell us anything, your impressions about Mr. Yates? I'm dying to know. He seems like a really nice guy. Over, especially over here in America. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he doesn't seem to be particularly well-known, particularly anywhere, has to be said. But um, I met him, as I say, at the read-through a couple of weeks ago, and he seems like a really, really nice guy. And I think I think he's going to do well on this one. I don't know. I I mean I don't I haven't seen any of his work, so I don't really know what to expect from it. But I think it's I think he's going to do a good job. I just get a feeling he's going to be he's going to be about right for this. I have a couple of friends in England who are big fans of his work. His small, you know, Brideshead revisited. Yeah. The small thing that <laughs> it was critically acclaimed, but when they heard that that was his one credit, and now he's directing Harry Potter, people were like, yeah. You know, hey, he must be really great, or he must have projected something really great that yes. got him it. Yeah. I so, all right, <laughs> give us the dish, Chris. We got to know these Luna. We have a Mrs. Yes. Fig now. We have <laughs> Kingsley Shacklebolt. Have you Tonks. met these people? I've met a couple of them. I met um, I met Ivana Lynch at the read through, and oh. I can confirm that she's brilliant. Cool. She, awesome. she, Great. She, she is Luna Lovegood. I mean, I've been reading messages on 
on Leaky and all the comments and kind of because now I'm back in the world I've been kind of catching up a bit more with it all and I've been yeah. I've been reading all the comments that people have been making about uh, on the on HPNA and uh, Leaky and MuggleNet and stuff and people there seems to be a really kind of split opinion on her you know some people are going oh she doesn't look at all like Luna and some people are going oh she, but she looks perfect for Luna and she is Luna she's cool. she's just absolutely perfect for it really that's great that's cool which it's is, so which, Hmm? Which is good because it shows that Fiona Weir is doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's the casting agent, right? Yeah, yeah. Fiona Weir's the casting director for this one, and she, yeah, she's done um, she's done brilliantly to have seen what was some some ridiculously huge number of thousands of girls for the part and yeah. right. just the right one. It seems. Yeah. How much was she freaking out though when it, when she even met everybody? Because wasn't she like a huge Harry Potter fan before? Yeah, she I mean, I think she thought to audition. Yeah, I, I reckon she was probably about um, probably about as freaked out as we all were when we went for the first one. I guess, because yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I remember going in there on the first on the first day for the read through and meeting all these, you know, and everybody was at the first one. There was J.K. Rowling was there, and oh um, literally all Maggie Smith, all of them. I just walked into this room. I just—I was 16. I just left school. Right. <laughs> I had no, I had no idea what I was doing there, and she probably felt exactly the same. Bless her. It was—it's—it's yeah. um, yeah. it's quite a daunting thing to walk into the room and see it filled with all these people who you've seen at sort of 60 times their real size on a on a um, cinema screen, like everywhere. <laughs> and so how? How? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, just it's just that she's facing the same sort of challenge as Luna, you know, she's the late entrant into this tightly knit group. Yeah. And she's gotta get in there and make herself comfortable in her own way. And she's fourteen. And when you see people saying things on comments that are unfriendly mm. and yeah. I just oh God, I can't I, I can't I, deal with it. I have to admit posting I think on Leaky and I'm that I'm sure on HPNA posting a little comment somewhere along the line saying just look, give her a break for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait till you've actually seen her because she, I mean, she's she's an actress, you know. Maybe she doesn't look exactly how everybody's pictured Luna Lovegood, but she's, as an actress, she's going to play it perfectly. I think. I thought she was completely insane when I met her. And <laughs> yeah. I, 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 <laughs> so she, yeah, she's she's just she's just right for it. I have to say. Cool. That's Excellent. Cool. Yeah, there's so many great things now. Um, we're looking forward to Bellatrix. That was another big casting. Yeah. Um, in the, in the ministry. So, any thought? Did, was she there for the reading for that? Or? To be honest, I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> 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 I, I've done quite a lot since then. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But when does when does your main filming start? I mean, I know you have a lot of stuff going on soon. So, what's um, your schedule like? Well, it's it's quite insane, really. I don't have to be honest. I don't have too much to do on this one. I think I've got about four weeks' work um, mm-hmm. for Potter on and off between. Um, I've got, I think, two weeks in April and two weeks in September, I guess. Something mm-hmm. like that. Around about those kind of dates, anyway. But I've got to try and fit it all in with um, a national tour I'm about to set off on, doing um, playing Edgar Linton in a UK production of um, Mothering Heights, which is going to be touring oh. from oh, wonderful. Um, March till August. So <laughs> it's going to be slightly insane wow. this year for me. Do you have any sort of like schedule or something that you can give us so we can put in the notes? So we can Not yet, but I will. Cool. Um, hopefully tomorrow when I've rung my agent. Um, I know we're opening in Lee in um, not Leeds. I'm lying in Lincoln. We're, we're opening in Lincoln in March, cool. um, but they haven't given me a schedule yet, so I, I really have no idea what I'm doing. 
So for those for those who aren't familiar, what what is what is the role? Uh, tell um, us about it. <laughs> this could be fun. I haven't read the book yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't say I that. I watched the film the other day. Does that count? Um, <laughs> basically, like a lot of Harry Potter fans. <laughs> basically, Edgar Linton is, um, is a well-to-do guy who marries. Kathy, who's like the main character, there's Heathcliff and Kathy, who are the main characters in Wuthering Heights, and Kathy's in love with Heathcliff, but he's kind of socially not good enough for her in any way, shape, or form. Um, whereas Linton is from a good family, and he's 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 got money and he's well to do, so so they get married. But she's never really in love with him. She's always in love with Heathcliff, and and Edgar's a kind of Linton's a bit of a I don't know. He's he's described as a sickly fellow. Um, <laughs> I mean, the script the script is brilliant. It's like dates back from like 1935 or something. So the wording's just bizarre. But um, he's he's not a particularly well guy, and he dies about halfway through the play. And then she goes off with Heathcliff, and she eventually dies. I mean, it's it's a miserable book. It really is. Mm. It's this romantic love story where just everything goes wrong, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very um. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, I think. But I think yes, a good comparison um, to make people understand who Edgar Linton is. If you've seen Moulin Rouge, the character that Nicole Kidman marries—not uh, marries, but has that whole you know, yes, affiance too—that yes. would be the Edgar Linton character. Yeah. Mm. So. That's yeah, very good analogy. Well done. Why? Thank you. <laughs> this is smart. Yeah. Now, a good excuse to watch Moulin Rouge tonight, I think. Excellent. Oh, it's such a great, great musical. It's wonderful. Yeah. So that's awesome. Congratulations on all the many good things happening. Thank Chris. you. It's, it's, it's going to be a nice busy year for me, which is, which is always good. Yeah. Well, can it's I just... awesome, too. You uh, mentioned reading Leaky. Did, so yeah. have you noticed anything different about our website? We you know little... what? There is something different, but I can't quite put my finger on it. <laughs> well, maybe if you put the, put the mouse finger over Harry's lips, you'll, you'll get it. <laughs> you know what? I hadn't noticed that before. I'm just playing with it now. It is funny. That's, that really is quite fun. <laughs> You're going to be in there. Yeah. Oh, oh God. yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. We're try to get as many people in there as we can. That's going to be a, a funny thing to uh, for all the cast to play when they're not shooting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We'll be there. Mess with each other. Probably not though. So that'd be that'd be in my imagination. <laughs> I have to, I have to I have to say that I was very flattered that when Leaky Five came out, Chris sent us a very nice email telling us how much he loved it. So <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I so, did. I was most impressed because it took me completely by surprise. It's a whole new world on Leaky, and yeah. some people have been a little bit resistant to change, but I think they're going to come around. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. It's snazzy and modern and funky and. Does all sorts of exciting things. So you can you like the little click things, the little tabs down there, the little cauldron and little movie thing. Those are really pretty cool, I think, to find your movie news. Yeah. Did you have any problem with those finding? And can you uh, can you currently? No, you can't. But we can. Can you currently right now, Melissa? I know um, people who can make that happen. Tab to only rank that you can yeah. choose as your favorites, and we've chosen some of the more ca- popular we categories. Need to, we need to extend um, that for categories. We, can't, we don't want to like yeah. over. We don't want to overwhelm the list. Well, I think if you if you go to his actor page, in the in the film area of the site, and you click on him, it shows all of his pictures, all of his recent news, any interviews. And uh, a few other bits of information. I yes. think Alex just finished that the other so day. So basically, okay. the whole yeah. theory behind the new leaky is that our extensive 
news database can be used to connect everything with in the site within each other. In other words, you shouldn't have to go to the galleries, find Chris Franken, go through his pictures. You can go to his movie page and click images and there's his, you can find his news. You can, you know, everything works Mm -hmm. with each other and you're going to see a lot more of that happen as we continue to develop it. It's very exciting. You know, it's, Leaky has always been the sort of I always called it like the sort of scrappy cousin of the fandom. It was always it was a one-page news blog. It was only news, but our content started building up, and I just I'm so happy that we finally have a design to match the the extreme level of content we have on the site that people didn't realize we had. So, what's your favorite bit, Chris? It's good stuff. All good stuff. Um, to be honest, I haven't really <laughs> played with it yet. I just noticed that it was all different. <laughs> I haven't had time to play yet, but I will. I, I shall have a play. I'm quite, I'm quite liking. The little picture of Dan in the corner at the moment. That's, yeah. that's going to give me hours of endless amusement tonight. It is. Well, just think what we're going to do to what you, would you like us? What would you like you us to make you do in the corner there? Um, I don't know. I think, I, think the, I think the Percy eyebrow has to go, though, doesn't it, really? Yeah. You have to get the wiggle. I think... I, what if we put in, in the Percy thing, what if we, uh, uh, if we moused over his, uh, his mouth... If he told us what it was like to hear uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort uh, act out the battle scene in the uh, read through of the scripts, we can record that, right? Uh, we can record that right now. No, that <laughs> Dude, we can record it right now. <laughs> yeah. <Very> easy. <laughs> it's worth a try, John. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm looking forward to that more than I'm looking forward to anything in any Harry Potter movie. It's going to be fun. I'll say that much. Yeah, it, it's going to be good. Here's a question I have for you about the script that I, I think you can answer. This yeah. I would characterize book five as the hardest book to turn into a movie if I had a pick. Yeah. How well do you think that aim has been accomplished? I think he's I think he's worked miracles to be honest. Um, because I thought that I was that's why I kind of wasn't really holding out much hope of being back in the books because there's so much there's just so much in book five. Right. You know, there's just pages and pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of it all. But to be honest, most of it's quite irrelevant. And I don't want to, I don't like to say that, but it's like it's there's not a lot of it that's directly related to the plot, really. If you think if you if you go through it with a fine tooth comb and work out what has to be there, not much of it really does. Mm-hmm. You know, the the driving narrative is actually kind of sort of stuck somewhere in the middle of the book really and there's all there's quite I mean there's a lot of description that has to be there before we get on to Half-Blood Prince but description stuff that you can get rid of in you know three seconds of you know a setup shot it's there (laughs) she spends three pages describing the pensive and or what have you and it's 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 just there yeah (laughs) you know it's gone it's there done yeah you've seen it move on you know so um I think but I think he has done a really good job actually making this into a film that's not going to be tedious and it's going to be a good I think it's going to be a really good action film this one I think I think it's going to be fun yes that's what I wanted to hear yeah give me Absolutely. give me the action <laughs> give me the Dumbledore scenes Let's, I want to I want to see some real hardcore Dumbledore scenes mm. that and that and my other favorite Melissa's favorite when uh, he escapes out of his oh. office in front of Umbridge yeah. and Percy. Oh. <laughs> but, oh, and Percy. Oh, hey. Yeah. yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink. 
Those are some of the coolest lines. They are. They're awesome. They are. And if they screw with her with those lines, I'm going to be very upset. Those are brilliant J.K. Rowling lines. They are perfect. Don't change them. It's like I was so upset at the end of movie four when they changed the the the, the, the best Dumbledore lines there are in those office lines ever where he talks about Cedric very concisely very Mm. beautifully not not overwrought with sentimentality and they changed it to this eulogy that somebody a lot more pedantic than Dumbledore would give and it ticked me off oh well sorry (laughs) mini rant sorry sorry that's just toad isn't it (laughs) and speaking let's let's I have one to bring up one more news thing uh Talking about J.K. Rowling, she was just in Romania, and we just posted a story about her being over and her writing. Did you read? get a chance to read any of that? I have. Has anybody else? Hello? I haven't. Well, it was just posted at the time of this recording. Um, oh. Yet. It's really... I will read it. I probably, To be honest, I probably got it in... In print, because I'm sure we've got the Sunday Times in this house somewhere. Um, (laughs) But I will, I shall read it. Well, I'll I'll just explain as a, um, as a Harry Potter fan, it's like a drink of fresh water when you are sitting in the middle of like, what is it, 2,000 words that J.K. Rowling has has written when you haven't gotten anything from her for a while. She could write out the phone book, I'd read it. (laughs) But... She wait. She wrote. She wrote two thousand words that for that article. That looks about two thousand words, right, Sue? Yeah, it does. Because it's two pages long. It's really that's about right. That could and have been a few a, pages of the book. What's she doing, wasting? She, what time she on is that doing book? is championing. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> she's um, she's championing a very excellent cause, which is to ensure that children get the proper treatment when they cannot defend themselves because they cannot defend themselves. And it's a really beautiful piece and a moving story that she tells. I'm just kidding, Josie. Mm-hmm. Did you just call... Did you call her... <laughs> oh, my God. That's kind of our name we have for each other. Oh. She has one for me, but I can't say what it is. <laughs> oh. We're going to get oh, a Chris, letter. you call her <laughs> Josie Wozy, do you? I don't think we so. We get a letter and I'll frame it. <laughs> cute, I can't. I Even can see the libel action order. now. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Josie Wozy. Exactly. <laughs> I want to put see that one in the in the trash bin. <laughs> not Joanne or Josie Wozy. No, not Joni uh, not or Josie Wozy. Joni, Joni or Joanne. No, she I is think. Joanne. Either Joanne's her name. I don't really. Chris, yeah. what did you guys call her? Did you call her Miss Rowling, or what did you say to? I mean, what do you guys call her when you see her, or like on the set, or whatever? I don't really see her on the set very much, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, Joe, I suppose. Yeah. I, d- I, I can't honestly say I've ever called her by her name, I don't think. Yeah. I just I kind just of say hello. <laughs> How are <Yeah>. you? <laughs> I have this, this uh, mental picture in my head whenever she meets new cast that, like, they have to stand up on, like, uh, those little pedestals that... Um, that that they use on that celebrity weight loss show <laughs> in front of the judges, and she sits there and with her hand on her chin and just evaluates you and just looks you up and down and be like, "Yes, this this will do for you know character number 12. And it'd be <laughs> well, the first time the first time I met her um, was at the read through for Philosopher's Stone, and mm-hmm. she just came up to me and said, "You're Percy, aren't you?" And I went, 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's wow. Cool. Right, well, that's it. <laughs> that's me sorted. I'm fine. Awesome. That's the, See, the JK Rowling seal of approval. I would have yeah. been like, no, I'm Ron. What? What's yeah. your name? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, who are you? <laughs> See that? <laughs> Milk and two sugars, please. Yeah. <laughs> But contrary to what Joe, Joe, John Noe is saying, Joe is very informal. And I I refuse to call her Joe for a long time, even after she said on her site that we should call her Joe, et cetera, et cetera. I yeah. refuse to do it. And the, the, the day that I started doing it was the day that she called me. And I don't even – and you'd think that that would be – I would still be calling her Ms. Rowling. But there's something just very welcoming and casual about See, there's, her. There's something very Joe about her, yep. isn't there? She's like you, – you, there's nothing else you could call her, really. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that she's sort of that name is becoming more known than J.K., which is yeah. not which is artificial, you know. Yeah. So, well, guys, I think we've sort of exhausted things on this side of the podcast. You want to go into it, and then we'll be back yeah. with Chris at the end. Absolutely, yes. Yay! Sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. Alrighty, we'll see you. Bye. In the Fan Corner, a one-on-one interview with a new lucky fan each week. Not me, not Hermione, you. This is Kristen from the Leaky Cauldron here, and we are about to start our first fan fiction segment. We've been receiving your suggestions, and we encourage those to keep coming in, as well as feedback about how you like the show or different things you'd like to see us do, questions you'd like us to ask. You can write to us at staff at pottercast.com. Please put fan fiction in your subject line. We are here today with Lisa, who is a fan fiction writer from California. Lisa goes by the name, the screen name of Night Zephyr. And because I keep misspelling that, I'm going to spell it for you. It's two words, Night and Z-E-P-H-Y-R. Lisa can be found at the Sugar Quill, at fanfiction.net, and at checkmated.com. Welcome, Lisa. Good morning. Now, while I was um, doing a good job of messing up the settings on my recording program, we were just kind of chatting, and Lisa was telling me that she came, kind of came back to fan fiction. Lisa, would you mind, would you mind touching on that again? I always loved to write when I was younger. In fact, I was a pretty prolific writer by the time I was like in sixth grade, and then I wrote like crazy till I was about eighteen. Then it just kind of went away for a while, and later on I read Harry Potter and was truly inspired again, so I came back to writing that way. So what was the first Harry Potter story that you wrote? Uh, the very first one was Points of No Return. For years, everyone, fans have argued whether Hermione had romantic interest in Harry or Ron, mm-hmm. and in your stories, Ron and Hermione are definitely romantically interested in each other. How did you come to that? Well, I kind of had an inkling by the time I got through Prisoner of Azkaban. And by the time I got through Goblet of Fire, I just definitely saw the signs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I probably a lot of it was wishful thinking, maybe. I don't know. Um, They they just seem so right for each other. And I know that there are people that think otherwise, and that's perfectly fine, too. But at least in the way I interpreted it, it was going to have to be Ron and Hermione. And so that's the way I wrote them. And to this day, even when I try to keep them apart in my stories, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. 
Do you feel like fan fiction has helped improve your writing technique? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, the feedback is so nice to get. Um, probably the biggest problem that I have with that is that I'm ha- I have so much fun with fan fiction that probably my original <laughs> suffers. You know, it's really not getting as done as it should be. But, um, but yeah, I think it's really helped me improve a lot. And I've also um, had some beta readers that have just been amazing at helping me out and telling me what works, what doesn't. I was going to ask about your writing, um, your writing process. Are you a slow, your stories, not all of them, but, but at least two are novel length and quite long. What's your process? Okay. Um, usually I have an idea where I'm going. I wish I was a faster writer than I am. <laughs> and you, you can probably correlate events in my real life with my speed at writing. <laughs> Directly, you know, I'm always apologizing to my readers. Oh, I'm really sorry, but real life is crunching me right now. And, and, uh, you know, I know you want your chapter and I know exactly what's in there, but I don't have time to get it out. And, um, yeah, I, I can write quite a bit, um, in a short period of time if I have the time to focus mm-hmm. and actually do that, sit down and write. And I usually have a pretty good idea of where I'm going. Um, I definitely have to have the ending figured out before I start writing. Okay. I'm one of those people that has to do it. I know some people can just, you know, start in and go, well, gee, you know, where are we going today with this? I can't do that. (laughs) I have to have, you know, at least an idea. And, of course, there's a lot of things that happen in between that, you know, that I have to adjust for. And I don't know all of the things that happen in between, but I very often have the last line to a story before I'll even start it. That's interesting. You mentioned earlier writing for you was like a release. I have a friend who also writes fan fiction, and she said that um, she walks around, and Harry and Hermione and Ron are just like yelling things at her, and she has to sit down in front of a computer to get them out of her head. Is that something uh-huh. that are you? do you feel kind of driven to get these stories out? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> and I'm probably misquoting her terribly, but but it's. Uh, I love this quote by Maya Angelou that says, there is no greater burden than an untold story. Uh, and, and that's really what I feel like sometimes. When I have been writing, there are just, there are things going on in my brain all the time. And uh, I'm a teacher. I have been known to teach lessons and actually had to stop <laughs> and like regroup in front of my class say, okay, I can't do that right now. <laughs> I cannot work this scene out with you guys, okay? So, yeah, and uh, because there are just things going on in my mind. It's like, oh, my mind finally figured out that scene, and it says, okay, it's coming right now, and it's, it doesn't care where I am. Just go ahead and get it out of there. So I certainly understand what your friend is saying. It just has to come out. And, yes, there are times when they are just screaming to get things out. And it's usually when you have no paper or, you know, pen or anything to write on. And so I I remember standing in a, a school assembly one time writing on the inside of my hand with, you know, <laughs> fine point fine point black marker because I know, you know, I'm heading into my school day. I know I'm going to forget it if I don't write it down somewhere. And so here I am with my, you know, and the kids are going, oh, you're not supposed to write on your hands. 
any of your kids, do you know if they read fan fiction? Do you know if they're involved in the online community? And have you ever been in a situation where they mention something you're very familiar with? And <laughs> have you shared any of this information, or is it kind of are the kids unaware basically that you do this? Um, the kids are aware that I write, and they know that it's on the internet. Um, I teach third graders mostly, and so a lot of them don't have access to, uh, you know, computers for a great length of time. I work in kind of an economically depressed area. Um, so most of them have not, you know, read much of what I've written, but they're always begging me to read it to them. You know, oh, please, you know, read me this part or that part. And and um, for third graders, it would probably be best if I avoided any of the Ron and Hermione stuff anyway. Because, <laughs> you know, even if they, you know, touch hands, it's like, ew. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but they know that I write. And I think that really encourages them to write. Um, so I've kind of used it, which is, you know, for better or worse. Um, you know, gee, I've had kids come and say, oh, I know what I want to do now. I want to be a writer. Oh, wow. And they, you know, beforehand, they knew that they enjoyed writing, but they didn't really understand that they could actually do that for their whole lives, you know. So that's been, that's been really inspiring to me, too. Definitely, I can understand. That's great. <laughs> well, your interpretation of Joe Rowling's characterization, is that pretty important to you, or are you willing to branch out? Uh, characterization and sticking to her characterization is really, really important to me. Um, I know some people can, you know, kind of change the characters and still go on with it. But to some extent, as far as I'm concerned, if they're going to change the characters that Joe Rowling made, name them something else, you know, name them Bart and Susie. <laughs> you know, if you're going to make different characters, write different characters. But if you're going to write Harry, Ron, and Hermione and, you know, Snape and whoever, Make them who they are. Make them who Joe Rowling intended for them to be. And so I think it's very important myself as a fan fiction writer. I certainly try to keep my characterizations very close to canon. I'm sorry, I shouldn't keep using jargon. <laughs> very close no, to the no. books. <laughs> jargon is good. <laughs> okay. One thing I could see with authors and having a concern over someone writing fan fiction would be that they might stumble upon their idea for the next book. Or they may stumble upon an idea that the author may happen to see and say, wow, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> I get the feeling Joe Rowling all along is pretty firmly known where she was going with this, with this series. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I, it doesn't seem to me like that's been a worry of hers that someone is going to hit on something. Now that said, I have read, particularly after the last book, I have read some, some um, comments for some writers who have said, oh, I, I had Jenny do this, or I had Jenny play Quidditch, or that, the, the, like, Joe Rowling has stumbled upon something they created <laughs> instead of vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, my thought on that is that that's, that's happened to me. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if the Ron is keeper thing is, you know... <laughs> Uh, it's like, oh, well, there were a lot of Ron, you know, becomes the keeper stories out there probably before, you know, Joe ever wrote it. My thought on that is it's because she's kind of led us in that direction. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we're we're kind of we're we're nearing the end of the story arc now, of the seven books, and she's you know right there in the middle in Goblet of Fire. You know, it's the fourth one, and you know there's there were a lot of possibilities still, but now she's got to kind of you know keep narrow us down, you know, towards the end, and she's got to give us more and more clues, and I really think that if you come up with something and write about it, and then find out that it's in the next book, it's probably because, you know, she was leading you by the hand right into it. (laughs) At least that's my thought on the matter. I wondered if you would mind reading this short passage. As I mentioned, the point of no return is is novel length, and right now you're working on Endangered Species, which is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Sequel. You also have a short story called Strategy Isn't Everything that you wrote in uh, August of 2000, or posted in August of 2003. I really like your characterization of Hermione in this, and I wondered if you would mind reading this section for us. Not at all. That This is like the fan fiction writer's dream. You get to read your own story. <laughs> in this story, it's actually a summer after Order of the Phoenix story. Anyway, Hermione earns an internship with a famous zoologist, zoola wizard, I guess, and uh, Ron and Harry get information that it's possible there's there's one of their old uh, nemeses on their way to perhaps try and do harm to Hermione. So also in this segment, this kind of gives you an idea of how Harry and Ron arrived at the habitat and at the camp where Hermione is working. And you may um, note that there is mention of a motorbike here. That would be one very special motorbike that you might remember from Canon. And also, you may find out that Harry found his way there by use of Fred's broomstick. So this is how this is the bit of this story as it goes. The slam of the door made them both jump. Hermione, Ron said, finally able to breathe. Thank you for the heart attack. Once Ron had returned from his outing as protector, he and Harry had spent much of the day talking about so many things. The motorbike, the fact that only Nardstone had arrived as the ministry official, the motorbike, Hermione's and Dr. Nell's surprise that Nardstone was Void's uncle, the motorbike exterior, the motorbike interior, how to find a way to ship some of the destroyed Yeti food back to the ministry, and the motorbike. Once they were all talked out, Ron snuck out into the camp once more to borrow two of some cleaning rags he'd seen hanging on a clothesline behind the house elves' living quarters so they could polish the motorbike. Here, Hermione said shortly, shoving a burlap sack at Ron and stomping across the room to the desk. What's this? More dog biscuits? Aw, you shouldn't have. Enough for all of us? Ron asked, starting to open the bag to peer inside. But when he looked up at the scowl on Hermione's face, he knew immediately she wasn't in the mood to play. Why didn't you two have the security spells in place while I was gone, she demanded. Ron and Harry looked at one another blankly. Didn't we? Harry asked. We must have forgot when I came back with the rags, Ron explained. Well, you should have had them working, Hermione said tersely, especially now. Ron stuck his long arm down to the bottom of the bag and pulled out a wrapped sandwich, handing it to Harry. Reaching back in to rummage through the numerous packages of wrapped foods and fruit, he found another sandwich and held it out to Hermione, who vigorously shook her head that she wasn't interested. Ron kept it for himself and opened it hungrily. Both boys sat down on the end of the bed to eat. 
That sounds great. You know, I really like that segment. Well, thank you so much <laughs> for jumping back on and um, and doing this. I- oh, no problem. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's Modcast. Oh, dear, we are in well, welcome to the Modcast, everybody. I'm uh, John in the Modcast this week with a few of my closest friends here. Go on and introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Alex Robin, coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Heather, coming to you from Dallas, Texas. And I'm Nick, coming from uh, Birmingham in the UK. Excellent. And, you know, that was a... Uh, that's, that's a funny thing. That was my suggestion to say where you're from, and I totally forgot because that's just, I, I forget things often. But yeah, I'm coming from Miami, Florida. Too many things going on up in the noggin this week. But you guys would know an awful lot about that because uh, three of you are working very closely with myself and with Melissa and everybody else working on the brand new leaky that had been codenamed 55 that you should have all heard lots about and most yeah, likely came up with that name. have seen that. Well, actually, I don't want to give out any credit where credit is not due, but I think that actually was a product of some discussion with one of the MuggleNet boys, Kevin, who's, right. who said... <laughs> hey, you guys should have a nickname for your project because that's what all the big, uh, you know, project people do. They even there's even nicknames for the Harry Potter books when when they're in editing. So um, we're like, hey, why not why not 55? Actually, there was a lot of steps that came before that. <laughs> we didn't just jump to 55. And so 50. So 50 sounds, 50 sounds an awful lot. 50. Not like L. But I know, I know. People actually got it. Uh, people got to L because they're like, well, in Roman numerals, I know. It's fifty. Somebody was giving <laughs> brilliant clues about Roman numerals. I don't know who it was. <laughs> and they got to Las Vegas somehow. I know. So they got yeah. to LV. Yeah. Or Lord Voldemort. It's another LV. Or Louis Vuitton. But yes, fifty-five is out. And for a while, you were getting the numbers because we were just working out, making sure that the dash leaky dash cauldron was pointing to the right website. Yeah. This is a, a, a interesting bunch to have in a modcast, as none of us are really mods. Yeah. <laughs> There's there is a reason, obviously, we wanted to talk about just uh, how much is involved with something as big as 55. And we're not going to toot our own horns here for 15 minutes, but I think there's some stuff that could just maybe use a little more explaining as to things maybe you're not seeing and how the site works and what makes it so different from the previous site. Yeah. And there's a a lot of it is the things that you're not seeing. A lot of the work went behind the scenes. And uh, Nick and Alex um, would, would know Oh, they, they still know to this day a lot more about what happened than I do. So let's, let's start out with, with Nick to see what he thinks the biggest, one of the biggest changes into how things are working now than how they used to. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest things that we've, um, introduced in a, in a new version is that it uses something called Ajax, which is, um, it's quite, a, quite a new, quite a new thing in, in the, in the web world. It's, it's not, it's not a cleaner like m- most people think it is. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like a, a technique basically, um, that means when, when you usually use a web page, you, you might click a link and then it will load everything, um, again, like all the images and everything on the page, um, Whereas Ajax, what happens is it only loads the, the bit that's changed. So, for instance, if, if you're looking at the um, Glance news box on the front page and you scroll to the bottom and you click more, then instead of reloading the entire page just to change that tiny bit of text in that box, then it will just load the, um, 
the next news items and, and put it into that box. So that saves us a lot of bandwidth and it saves the user a lot of time waiting around waiting for the page to re-download as well. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a handy, handy technique. It saves everyone a lot of time. And that technology is being used all around the site, isn't it? And not just at at a glance box. That's that's happening. Well, pretty Everywhere, much. Where is it not happening? It's happening yeah. all over the place, and and that's the, the why you're getting is, such a faster site. Yeah, the, and, the galleries um, is, the, is the other kind of big place that, that where you really notice it, and and things like the poll and things. You you just click click on um, a response, and, and it goes straight through rather than having to sit around around and wait for it. And we can have all the archives of the poll just at a finger click away to see all the previous polls. That's all AJAX too, I understand. But uh, Alex, um, speaking of, speaking of the galleries, we um, that's another big change with with uh, 55 here. Is that um, before all of our pictures were kind of all over the place. We had stuff in the Hogwarts galleries. We've had things on our own picture pages. We've had random trailer shot by shot pages and <laughs> all this random stuff. And we decided we need to get all that together. And we tried to figure out the best way to do it. And uh, sure enough. What usually happens is that anything that exists out there already is just not good enough for us because we're just brats like that. So I was complaining <laughs> to Alex. I mean, Alex, we need to figure out how to do this. And it started out with uh, with something, and then Alex totally ended up redoing it. So uh, tell us what, what happened with that, Alex, and just well, how annoying was I throughout that process. <laughs> we started out using a uh, copper mine, the online gallery, which everybody's been using now. And basically, we used the back end of that. We used it to add images and built off of it. And now we made our, we basically made our own front end. We basically made our own design that we could customize to our liking and add features and take away features. And we Ajaxed it using the back end of Nick and, well, <laughs> no pun intended. And, um, <laughs> uh, uh, we basically used Ajax, and instead of having to wait for each image to load, we you click it, and it only loads the new image itself. You don't have to wait for the entire page to load, or you can easily use the same voting technique for news as you can on images. Click on what you want to rate the picture, and it automatically adds it, and it does it all itself. The fun thing that I get to do to Alex now in front of everybody is to tell him just how many more features that gallery will soon have. And um, and when you are viewing the pictures in the galleries, say you come upon a picture of everyone's favorite um, redhead, uh, Ron Weasley. Say a picture of Ron comes up, in the in the side column you'll have all of the latest Ron headlines, and maybe uh, even yes. a little bit of um, of Ron's uh, biography. John, why don't you tell us about your uh, your your Flash Harry? Oh, my flashy Harry. Mad-Eye Harry. <laughs> that, that was pretty much one of the first things that I had thought to do when we were saying, hey, let's redo the entire website, is let's put some more characters in there other than Hedwig, though, as she's a darling character. <laughs> but um, we thought it'd be nice to have more than one character in there, which will eventually we'll have more of them. But as time went on, we're we always keep trying to push the envelope and what more we can do. And we wanted to keep the fun little feature of the eyes following the mouse because it's creepy and it's fun and <laughs> I've gotten so many emails of people just... I made them less creepy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we will describe just how <laughs> how well Heather uh, saved the day on the, on the eyeballs. 
because I was determined to make the eyeballs green because I figured if really Warner Brothers can't green, get it right, okay. if Warner Brothers can't get it right when they give them blue eyes, yeah, yeah, then we should at least try to give them green eyes. And I did green eyes, and then it looked ridiculously freaky. And Heather pointed out just how wrong I was. Who are we going to do next? Well, as we speak, there is a poll on the main page for who yeah, we should poll. be doing next. But honestly, though, my my thought process went to do Hermione next just because we well, let's get a girl in there and you know, everybody loves Hermione. But right now, it's a toss-up between her and Snape. So, Heather, um, yeah. we haven't gotten into all of your lovely contributions. I did, like... The papers on the right side and stuff. And, 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 you, uh, and you did that at the last second. We're just, we were all ready to go with a different version of those things. And, and then uh, uh, I forget who mentioned it. Like, what if that was parchment? Then then they could unroll and it'd be like, like Heather, Heather, please, can you do a parchment? Heather's like, sure. I don't like to, I mean, it didn't take that long. I just, I don't know. I, I like it, so. Well, and, and, <laughs> and then all kinds and of I other did, things. like, the icons. <laughs> oh, yes. That's, that's the other big thing that, um, that, we wanted to do is have a more visual association with our categories so you would be able to immediately pick up on colors and those little icons to know what kind of story you were going to read before you even read the headline. And Heather did all of those little icons for the books, the movies, and the fandom, and the leaky. But yeah, obviously so much, so much from so many people went into leaky five. Probably start start wrapping this up. Uh, any uh, any final comments about uh, the fifty five experience, guys? Just uh, look out for more. Look out for more, as if it all wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, from all of us uh, non mods for your modcast, this is uh, John M. Parker from Miami. Alex Robin from Boston. And Heather from Dallas. And Nick from the UK. Nice. Nice. Thanks for thanks for the podcast, guys. If you haven't been over to Alabans.com, be sure to check out their line of solid wood magic wands and authentic clothing. As our sponsors this week, Alabans.com are offering the Leaky Cauldron podcast listeners a ten percent discount. You can pick up the coupon at coupons.blastpodcast.com. It's good for use on all Alavance merchandise. Alavance.com for your spellwork needs. Uh, the mail's here! Oh, great. Thanks. Hey guys, welcome to the mailbag. I'm here with John, Sue, and Chris, and we are ready to get right into it, so let's go to the first voicemail. Hi, this is Lance from Scotland. My Scooty Tushes in the forum. I was just wondering what your opinions were on the differences between European fans, such as British fans, and American fans, such as yourselves. Okay, bye. Love the show. I'm going to bring this one right over to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Put him right on the spot. Ah, uh, um, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I haven't really experienced European fans so much. Um, British fans, certainly. Um, but American fans, I think, are as big as they get, really. Mm-hmm. They tend to live, breathe, eat, drink Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, when it, <laughs> I think Salem was a perfect example of that, really. Um, 
that was that was just the most bizarre time I've ever had in my life, being in a hotel with 1,500 people all in <laughs> gowns, being ki- being kidnapped on a Sunday evening by a load of people dressed as Death Eaters. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> no way. Yeah, it do- it doesn't happen everywhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. You know, you certainly wouldn't you wouldn't get that in Britain <laughs> ever. Oh my god. Well, there is a convention in Britain next year. I, I, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. I mean, it'll be. I think it'll be. Um, I think it'll be huge, but it won't be quite as insane as um, as Witching Hour was. I think that was that was quite something this year. <laughs> you come to Vegas. Yes, please come. Oh, I want to be so much fun. I want to come oh. to Vegas. <laughs> be awesome. Be so much fun. We have a whole week planned of. Yeah. Well, crazy pattern. We're gonna do a magic <laughs> show. You, gonna, yeah. Right on brooms down the strip. No. No. Not so much. <laughs> not, not that part. <laughs> you I'll do watch. that, John. I'll watch. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I think, I think Chris has a point that American fans are just sort of <laughs> big about it. I mean, look yeah. at all the big, the big fan sites that pretty much all run out of America. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that British fans aren't as, as committed and dedicated to the whole thing, but they're kind of a bit more—they're a bit more understated about it. I think. I don't think. I don't think in this country it's—it's it's quite so cool to be quite so obsessive about things. Really, <laughs> I think. I think to be honest, you'd probably end up. I don't know. You, you'd be the bullied of? one. You'd be the bullied one at school if if, if you were they, that into things. Aww. Would they call you socially awkward in an article? <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. And you're not. Well, do you know that's what happened? Good journalism here. <laughs> Chris, do you know this story? I think yeah. so. Remind me. They um they did this big article on the on the New York podcast, and they they while it was a very nice big article in the New York Post, which is a hugely read piece of mm. faux journalism. Um, good word. Faux. <laughs> yes. With an X. They also they also said that I was socially well not not that that I wasn't socially awkward but that adult Harry Potter fans are socially awkward but not me. Yeah. Which not made you, no just sense. the rest of them. Just the yeah. rest yes, of them. Just the rest of us. <laughs> <Yeah>. How <laughs> so, odd. It was really and then that article has has been haunting. I've heard from people that I haven't seen in ten years. My friend is in jail. He wrote me a letter. I saw you in the newspaper. Whoa. I was like. What this this article needs to go away. <laughs> oh, speaking of jail, um, <laughs> um, I had a I had a piece of fan mail from a guy in prison, um, out in California. <laughs> wow. Um, and I I stupidly I I was bored this day, so I googled his name, um, and discovered that he was in prison on eleven charges of child abuse. Oh, oh no. Um, so he didn't get oh. a reply. <laughs> no. I just really wish I hadn't, because, oh, God, it's quite horrible, really. Um, But, yeah, sorry, that was um, completely by the by, but... Yeah. Yeah. Really kind of threw me. (laughs) Well, I just really think they shouldn't be showing him Harry Potter in prison. I mean, him. Yes. Yes. Next question. Anyway. Let's go to the next question, please. Hi, it's me, Jack, from California, and I was wondering, do you think any of the other Hogwarts professors could be on the dark side? Thanks, bye. Well, if if Snape is actually all on the dark side, there are those of us that think he's not all evil, but... He's not all evil. No, he's not 100%. No, but... For intents and purposes. But I don't think he's evil. 
Oh, that's a good question. Uh, what's what's that professor that sounds like an evil name, like Sinistra or something? Sinistra. Oh, yeah. The astronomy? Sinister. Yeah. Sinistra. It means left, but the yeah. name comes from left because of it, there's a sinister implication there. Yeah, the, the word it, it's sinister very true. comes it is from true. left because they used to believe that if you were left-handed, you were evil. Left-handed people and, and ginger people. Hey, hey, I'm, hey. I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. Yeah, oh, you guys should get married. Let's <laughs> start that again. <laughs> Don't start more rumors like that, John. We had enough of those with me and Melissa after the live podcast. Jesus, <laughs> it doesn't end, Chris. Yeah, it's not well, ended. It's sailing strong. <laughs> Next week is our shipping episode. Oh yes, yeah. Valentine's. Shipping. Oh, you can talk all about ranking yes. stuff. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. For all you. about all about shipping. <laughs> Send in all of your avatars of Chris and Melissa. No, hey, Staff hey, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question though. Do you ever read any of those stuff? Those like fan fiction stuff that they read about, write about Percy or you? Or I have read some read? of it in the past. It's it's mostly incredibly disturbing. It's the stuff. Yeah. It's the stuff that the stuff that really really upsets me is the stuff that's written about me and Sean, not about Percy no. and Oliver, but about <laughs> me and Sean. <laughs> Sean bigger stuff, <Chris>. obviously. <laughs> I'm it's more excited to say that I that I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I've been that, there. That is hilarious. It, it's, it's upsetting. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, I can cope with, you know, slash fiction about the characters because they're fictional, but this is me and my friend. Right. <laughs> it's right. not right. <laughs> Speaking oh, of which, did you did you notice that his um, short film, Cashbacks, nominated for, um, for an Oscar for Best Short? No. <gasps> No! Why it's on his we website. Go post this. I missed it! Holy smokes! Susan, the news. Yeah, cashback's oh. up for, um, I believe it. I'm just have to quickly click on his website now. But, um, yeah, it's up for, um, best Oscar, uh, for an Oscar for best short. Oh, I'm gonna post we that straight post away. We gotta post that thanks to Chris Rankin for this news. I will. <laughs> oh, flush my head. Yeah, Shame cashback nominated oh. for Oscar. Uh, cashback's been nominated for an Academy Award in the short film live action category along with four other nominees. That's excellent. Oh. Awesome. Oh, thank Lucky you for, for doing my job. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> well, nobody said anything. I can't believe this went unnoticed. Oh, my God. I just, you know, and I knew he was working on it. Oh, that's just, thank you. Well, there we go. <laughs> awesome. Chris Rankin, unofficial leaky staffer. That's right. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, so what was the question? Do we think other Hogwarts professors are on the dark side? I'm not sure about Slughorn. Mm. I have, I have, I have issues with Slughorn. Like, I don't know. I just, I find him really unnerving. Mm. I couldn't. When I was reading the book first time through, I found it. I found every time I read something about Slughorn, the hairs on the back of my neck went up, mm. and it was. I don't know. I don't know why. Couldn't tell you why. There was just something about him I didn't like at all. Well, my thing about Slughorn is that he is finally the first Slytherin who's not, well, ostensibly anyway, not bad. I feel like mm. he's he's absolutely as ambitious as we know that a Slytherin can get. He's absolutely as Machiavellian as we know that a Slytherin can get. But he's doesn't also have to be evil. That was my indication, that he's like yeah. finally the first large example of that. I don't know. Well, yeah, he doesn't really have loyalties, so to speak. He's no. looking out for himself and take whatever side's going to give him the best... Offer right case to case basis, and that could be why he's so unnerving. You just you you can't count you can't bank on anything with him. Yeah. And he's a drunk. <laughs> what? 
Does it mean that you need to drink a lot? Uh, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> well, he was just drinking because I think one time we met him. The first time they met him, he had had because of Voldemort was on the. He was run on the run from Voldemort, so maybe he was steadying his nerves. But I thought that was no. a fun scene, and at the well, beginning when they put his house back together. Yeah. I, I can just picture that being shot very Mary Poppins esque for the movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and the things cool. going in backwards, uh, <laughs> backwards motion, putting themselves away, like shoes <laughs> and clothes. You know, that's true, John. Now that I think about it, he did get drunk with Hagrid, though, too, didn't mm-hmm. he? Yeah. 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 Well, oh, my was, God, John. Was, I'm so impressed. You're right. There's hope after all. Hey, hey, Chris, the, the, the Muggle Boys want you to, to host our trivia contest. Yes! yes. Oh, yes! We're going to have oh, a... All right, then. You want to do it? Yeah. We're going to have a knockdown drag-out trivia fight. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. It'll be hilarious. As long as you yeah, don't become mate. their source after that. I'd never. One more, one more question. Hey, guys. This is Becky from the middle of nowhere, California. Also known as Las Gatas, California. First of all, something has been causing a bit of controversy between me, me and my friend, and I decided to ask the master. John, is a proper chipotle burrito made with a corn or flour tortilla? Second of all, I have a question for you about the Creevy Brothers. We all know they are muggle-born, but isn't it odd for two muggle-borns to be born to the same family? I realize this is probably irrelevant, but I also realize I've never heard about Mrs. Creevy. Also, I figured I'd ask about something besides the burrito. Oh, and also, still is awesome. Go Hufflepuff! Woohoo! Bye-bye. Well, Chipotle makes them with flour tortillas. Is that your preference? Oh, it's totally my preference, yes. <laughs> Actually, um, I I have a new Puerto Rican roommate this quarter, and he's been making me some Puerto Rican food lately, and with the corn flour, we've been making something called an arepa, which is my new favorite snack. When I don't have an entire appetite for a burrito. Just a little bit of stupid John knowledge for you. More things you didn't want to know about John Noe. Flour. A burrito is made with um, a regular uh, white flour, I suppose. You know, this white whole burrito flour. thing's been like a joke, but you're, you're sounding very scientific and knowledgeable about this burrito. <laughs> well, of course. I am very knowledgeable about the things that I enjoy. This says Steve likes the lexicon. I like knowing about burritos. But not Harry Potter? I, yeah, sure. I like Harry Potter every now and again. anyway let's go to the next part of this question which is about the creamy brothers Chris what do you think I don't know um I suppose it is a bit odd but I mean do we know that it's odd Mm. do you know what I mean it's just because just because there's two of them like Sue said there's the Patil twins as well yeah um do we know that the Patil twins are muggle born well no we don't know we know that their parents were worried and took them away at the end of you know Book six, and oh. they were. But well, we don't know if those were. Um, which might suggest if, that they're wizards. Yeah. yeah. But then there's the big two, which is Lily and Petunia. And Petunia isn't. Oh, the discovering yeah. magic later in life. She will not. That'll be Dudley. I don't think so. I think somebody asked her that once, and she implied no. Someone, I, I, someone gave me this theory recently about, like, Petunia asking Dumbledore to seal Dudley's magic, or something. Because she didn't want him to be a wizard. 
and that when Dumbledore died, that thing was lifted or something, and Dudley's going to be able to do magic all of a sudden. It's going to be craziness. So it's the same woman who thought that Dumbledore was an animagus and buzzed off the tower as a beetle uh, and had a people, dragon's people blood pellet in his mouth. <laughs> people love that he can be a phoenix or a Dumbledore. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> No, I don't. I, I don't know. But I don't. I don't know. I don't know about the creepies. I think that. I think that it would be cool. I like them, and I hope that they have a larger importance than just being those little annoying kids. I hope that they yes. grow up. Well, this camera is a horcrux. Yes. Talent's camera. Oh, is it? Yes. I didn't know that. It, uh-huh. It's very important to really? Voldemort. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! I don't even know what so, to Chris, do you have any theories about where those horcrees are? Just do a random question. So you call them horcrees like that's what they are? Well, of course, it's what they are. Horcruxes. And until we get a report on Joe's website, that's what they're called. I'm just being goofy. Stephen Fry <laughs> says horcruxes. I'm sure the horcruxes. Joe Rowling says horcruxes. It's oh, they all the it <laughs> Didn't what Cheryl say they were were horcruxes too? Cheryl, well, Cheryl horcruxes. admitted that they made a mistake with the X's. No, she didn't. <laughs> Don't even. You'll give her heart failure. No, she didn't. Oh my goodness. Okay, okay. That's the end of this week's this week's mailbag. Thank you, Chris. The number if you want to leave us voicemails, singing. Burrito tips, I don't know. Um, call us at 702-42-53259. That's 702-42-LEAKY, the number in the UK. And Chris, do I have to say the plus every time? No, not if you're phoning from the UK. Okay, do I start with the zero? Yeah. Okay, so in the UK, it's 0207-193-2872. That's 207 193 And our email address where you can send us a voicemail file is staff at pottercast.com. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And we're back, everyone. Yay. What a great show this has been. Yes, and we're still joined by Mr. Chris Rankin. Hello. Hello. We can't get him out of the studio. <laughs> His hair's too big. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> so next week, guys, next week, mm-hmm. it's the Lovey Dovey Show. It's all about love. Valentine's love. Day. The Valentine's Day. All you need is love. And the ships. And the ships. Chris, do you, Chris, do you, do you ship anybody in the book? Let's, 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 let's. I'm a Harry Ginny shipper. Are you? Rock on. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, got to Gotta support the Weasleys, there. Come on. One big happy Weasley family. That's how. That's <laughs> yes. absolutely Every, correct. Everybody should wind up in the Weasley family. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Get Hermione in there. Fleur's in there. Hermione's gonna be in there. Harry's gonna be in there. Hermione will yep. marry Fred. <laughs> Is Penelope gonna be in there? Who knows? Ooh, yeah. I yeah. Know. I think. I think. He, I think Percy and Penelope should be definitely should be married at the end of this. After well, oh, I think so. Fleur will be in there with. Um, Charlie. Flem. Yeah. Ew. Two. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so you guys, I hope all you filkers and songwriters out there are doing your song parodies and sending them to our voicemail box at 702-42-LEAKY or, no plus if you're in the UK, 020-7193-2872 or to get probably the best quality, if you have a microphone on your computer, you can record it and then send it to staff at pottercast.com. In addition to the filks, we have a little request of you. 
We would like you to call up and do one or two things on our voicemail. First thing you can do, send a valentine to somebody in the Harry Potter books or an actor within the Harry Potter films. So his eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. Now it's your turn. Do that. That's your inspiration. Right. Just like Ginny. Bless her, as Joe says. The second thing you can do is call up and tell us about your favorite ship. Be it Harry and Hermione, be it Ron and the Giant Squid, be it, you know, Ginny and the Basilisk, whatever you want. (laughs) You talk about it and tell us why it is so great. And we'll play it. You get 15 seconds to do so. Yes. I don't don't need a five-minute diatribe about why Harry and, you know, Pansy need to have a shot. No. No. I don't want to edit all of that. Either do my editors. 15 seconds. Sound bites. We're going to make a good show out of your sound bites. If it's longer than a minute, it's gone. (laughs) So, Chris, who would you send a valentine to? Um, oh... Can I, know, can I can, can I no comment that? Yeah. <laughs> you got a little crush on any of the cast there, Chris? No, but my they, girlfriend they listens to the podcast. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hi, Rosie. Um, oh, yeah, hi, Rosie. <laughs> um, Rosie. I don't know. From the books, who, I... Ooh. Who would Percy write? <laughs> Fudge, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, that's, that's the only true. love in his life, let's face it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't yes. have the time. Yeah. Yes. Well, there are a lot of Percy Hermione um, fan There fictions. are. Yeah. Somebody sent me a Percy Ginny one once, but we, we just <sighs> won't go there. Oh, my. That's just, I mean... It was horrible. All those pure blood families, you know. Hundred percent serious. Probably not unheard of. I hate. I hate when sites archive that stuff. Honestly, it's not right. No. That that was our public service announcement here. Wasn't there a really funny picture I saw with um, the Phelps twins? Well, hold on, a piece of paper that said "Twin Cest is wrong." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. Yes. And their faces just like looked, you know, offended. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like so they're gonna funny. shimmy out of the frame right now, away from each other, just at the thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Yeah. Oh, Valentine's Day! This is gonna be so fun. I know. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for the songs. I'm so. Mm-hmm. I love to sing with the Phelps. We've got some good stuff. ones. Yeah. yeah. Send your candy hearts to. P.O. Box. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. P.O. Box 40559, Staten Island, New York, 10304. You say it every show, would you just do it? What? You got a P.O. Box? They can send it right to my place. I don't care. Go ahead, say it's your address. apartment. Go ahead. 700 Northeast 23rd Street, apartment 408, Miami, Florida. Zip. Candy hearts and everything nice. Zip code? Zip code? I don't know the zip well, code People yet, need the zip code. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. I don't know. Go to zipcode.com slash org. You can look it up by looking up it on MapQuest. Yeah. That way I, I can say that I didn't completely give out my entire oh. address if anybody has. Yeah. That's right. Nobody will call you shameless. No. Ever. Not, not, not in the slices, John. Don't worry. I'm not shameless or nothing. It took me 25 episodes to do that, so that's not shameless. Okay. Anyway. So I'm excited. Go for the yeah. singing. Chris, do you do you sing Philks? You should sing a Philk for sometime. That would be really Do you cool. sing? I yeah. sing. Yeah. He's on oh, those awesome. musicals. Awesome. 
Right. So, yeah. I want to hear his r- rendition of uh, the eyes are as green as a pickled toad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not today, John. Not today. Not today. Oh, <laughs> not today. Rats. <laughs> well, no. I'm curious though about about book seven. Are, what, I want what, what Chris thinks. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, Harry and you know all them? This, that this book will be taking place mostly at Hogwarts or all around the Wizarding World looking for these things? I think I don't think it's going to be at Hogwarts. Mm. I really don't. Um, but the only thing I can't... I can't work out how it's going to end. And it's really... I mean, I know it's like the... the question like that everybody wants to know. Is she going to kill Harry off? Is she not? Is, is you know, what's going to happen at the end? But I can't work it out because I can't see that he can live because how do you how do you, how does she end it you know is it going to be and they all lived yeah. happily ever after and the end and of course they will but yeah. that's that's beside the point yes. <laughs> but we all know Harry well, and Ginny are going to get back together like and it's all going to be fine mm-hmm. it's got to be yes. um, but yes. I don't know I don't know what to expect from book 7 absolutely well I guess the better question leading up to Valentine's Day is how is Harry going to use this um, power that he's got, which um, is everybody, I guess, is concluding is something yeah. to do with his love or compassion. In the I same way that bad guy with Voldemort couldn't kill Harry because of Lily's how love How do you kill him without it? What do you mean, how do you kill him I without suppose. it? Arguably, you'd be... I can see it easily as being something as a defensive um, game, but to be used off- offensively? Because you can't use the same tools that he used and expect and expect to triumph. You can't use the same tools of, of, of hate right. and vengeance and expect to be the one that's more powerful. Harry is not going to be more straight-on powerful than Voldemort. He has to have something that Voldemort doesn't, which is this love. Okay, so he won't use unforgivables because those are fueled by those negative emotions. I'm not, I'm not saying, and I never was a proponent that he never, ever will use them. Mm. I said that he will not he's use tried to. He's tried to use unforgivables, that hasn't he? He can't. He can't get to that level. He he can't do it. I know, because he's not training right now. He's looking for horcruxes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he hasn't had... He doesn't... They didn't succeed. Well, it's sort of the law of true of two. He's he's tried twice now. And I think the third time might be a charm. Wait, to, to do what now? To use an unfor- unforgivable. Yeah. He came damn near close to using it on Malfoy. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. That was scary. And didn't he try it on Snape? But so, Snape stopped him. So, so wouldn't that be the third time right there? No. That wasn't an unforgivable that he used on Malfoy. He tried to use it on Bellatrix, and he tried to use it on Snape. Whenever somebody really, really... Whenever whenever somebody kills someone yeah. Harry loves, Harry tries to use an unforgivable yeah. on them. Who's <laughs> <laughs> he going to have to kill now to get him to bust out the big word? Do you think Chris will think there'll be a bloodbath and a lot of people will die in this next book, or do you just think it'll be... I, 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 I honestly... So I don't, I don't know. I can't... I can't work out what she, where where she's going to take it next. I, d- I can't. I don't know. I mean, the, the, I think we kind of knew where six had to go from five, but you know, she's she's got free will on this last one. Really, it's it's the last one. She could make it yeah. five million pages long, and you know, it could be forty by the end of it. Really, you know. It's like what they say about horror movies. You get to number three and all bets are off. Anybody yeah. can die. Anything yeah. can happen. Yeah, it's the totally. end. 
Do you, have you thought any more since you read the last time or, or since you talked about this about what Percy's going to do in book six? Have you, like, reassessed your opinion on what's going to happen to him? I don't know. I think, I don't... Or book um, seven, sorry. Well, he's a death theater. The, well, there, <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> <He's not. laughs> I don't know, because he's, he's kind of... What, what was he in the sixth book for two words, I think he says? Hello, mother. And that, that's it, really? He, yeah. his, his entire part is bringing the minister to the house on Christmas Day. Um, right, and they never said what happened to him, though, in there. They cut away... Yeah, so we don't, we don't know whether he's been outside. forgiven. We don't know if he's coming back. I bet they'll pay you $10 million for those two lines. I hope no, they will. <laughs> That's a very yeah. important. It would be very nice if they did. Very important. Yeah. But even though, even though you're not, you don't have a lot of time filming in five, and that there, there isn't a lot of stage time with Percy in six, he still, I, I feel, exerts a heavy emotional weight oh, over yeah. the entire thing. He yeah. Has a large presence because yeah. of what he's done to the family. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a good sign. I think it's a good sign for fans as well that they're clearly, you know, they're not. They're not so focused on the on the entire kind of narrative of the piece. They're kind of willing to bring back little bits of subplot here, there, and everywhere. So it can only be a good thing that Percy's back. Yeah, <laughs> for, for me and for everybody else. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 it's very good for me. I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. Oh, I can't wait. When when ish do we think that this movie's coming out? Seven. Um, I guess kind of May time. Oh seven. Yeah. Hey, are you gonna keep About your big curly hair for the film? My my big curly hair is straight and short at the moment. Oh no. Yeah. Actually, oh, if Melissa right. if Melissa wants to check her email, I've just sent her the poster for Wuthering Heights, um, which has a which has Ooh, a picture no. of me on it with very straight hair. Oh, <laughs> I'll so. have to use that. Oh, but you have the world's coolest hair, though, when it's curly. It's just awesome. It, yeah, did, it has its moments. <laughs> did they ask you to, to cut um, it, though, or did you want to cut it? No, I mean, it's. It, I've been. I haven't worked for them for a year and a half, so basically my hair's done what it's like. I mean, it's been shoulder length, it's been really short, yeah. um, and now it's straight. So, they, I mean, they can do what they like with it. It's, you know, they've got free reign. The only problem is, is that because I've got to be. I've got to age up for. Wuthering Heights and I'm going to have to age down for Harry Potter so I'm going to be stuck in some kind of facial hair limbo I think in the uh, middle of all of this yeah <laughs> oh are you, th- are you going to be like in a suit in, in the have they t- are you allowed to talk I about have, I, d- I don't know anything I've, I've, I've not movie. been for I was curious what Percy's attire yeah I guess like I want something really cool and funky but work robes I guess work robes yeah yeah. I haven't. To be honest, I haven't had a. I haven't had a meeting with the. Um, yeah. yeah, it's gone lighter as well. <laughs> I meant to say that. Um, I haven't had a costume fitting or anything yet, so I don't. I haven't a clue really what's what's going to happen with that. But. Okay. I think it would be fun if Percy still wore his head boy badge to work at the ministry. Oh, I think he should. <laughs> I think that would be totally Percy. <laughs> it would be fantastic. I would. I would suggest that to the props. I'll I'll have I'll have a word yeah. with um with Jani who's the costume designer. Oh, that would be so funny. Oh gosh, that would be so in character. <laughs> you wouldn't want to let that go. I'm gonna make a note of that actually, John. Tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> or just see it on yeah, his excellent. desk or something. Or fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, I hope they show the Weasley sweater that he doesn't. The what? He returns his Weasley sweater the- at Christmas. Oh, that's... It's evil. 
Oh. Is that mm-hmm. five or is that six? Five. Uh, That's five. Ooh. Yeah. Have you um um when, when you read Percy's letter to Ron when you read number five? Have yeah. you uh, have you practiced that or anything? Or I, I I'm just trying to I always uh, picture uh, the voices sometimes when I read the books for certain scenes from like the actors and stuff. Yeah. I, I can hear you in my head doing that pretty well. That's scary. I haven't, I haven't read the book five. <laughs> well, when I really concentrate. <laughs> um, no, I haven't. I'm rereading it at the moment, though. So we'll, we'll see. But I'm going to have to practice doing the Percy voice again. I haven't done it for two years. <laughs> oh, let's hear something in the Percy yeah. voice. I can't even I'm remember what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. So, what, something like keep an eye on the staircases they like to change <laughs> <laughs> yes excuse me I'm head boy yeah. coming to battle that was great that, that was uncanny well, we, had, <laughs> <laughs> we had Matt Lewis doing some Neville lines the other day from Philosopher's Stone oh bless having him do the what, what was the funny thing we had him say Melissa, do you remember? I'll fight you. <laughs> I'll fight you. <laughs> and he started laughing when he's doing it because he was he's like, I have to time travel four years to do this fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, there was a brilliant bit they cut from the first film with me and Matt with um, Trevor the Toad um, <gasps> in the common room. Um, I, w- I, hope, I wish they do, they'll do a sort of director's cut with all the deleted bits on it because it would be so good oh, to see all these gosh. all this stuff. But there was it a, would. That's my dream. So this we is just a fantastic bit. With, They're um, already doing that. Well, what happened? What happened with Trevor I, I the Toad? Um, with Trevor the Toad, we're, well, you know what Matt's like with his little accent? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he, and he, he go, have you seen me turd? <laughs> he was telling us about that, how he couldn't... He, they couldn't, he couldn't say toad, yes. he kept saying turd. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it with the hand, he did it like a hundred times and it ended up just yeah. getting cut. <laughs> yeah. That was what and he it, was talking about. Yeah. 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 And I oh had the gosh. bloody thing in my pocket the entire time. I had this writ live oh, no. toad no. in my pocket. <laughs> That's awesome. For like 700 takes and they cut it. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Man. It was, oh, oh, that's that's good with creepy things, ever. really. It would. He's funny. <laughs> that's awesome. So, okay, if you haven't, you have to go to podcast.com and click on PodTrack our project survey and fill out our survey so that we don't get an advertiser that you hate. Thank you very much. Because I'm head boy. Do the survey. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> In your person voice. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yes. All right, we better go. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, and about time to... Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye. Yes, thank Pleasure you. Pleasure to see you soon, guys. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. 